Welcome to Health Professionals Outside the Box podcast. In this series, I'll be talking to health professionals who've leveraged their professional skills to pursue alternative income sources, alternative careers, and entrepreneurship. We will gain insight into their motivations, experiences, and challenges, and learn how we too can carve our own path to finding purpose, fulfillment, and financial freedom. I'm your host, Fee. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to this episode. Joining me today is Kemi Akinwunmi. She's a midwife and specialist in community health, public health, and also a health visitor. She's a director of a company called Professional Auntie, a pregnancy and parenting support service, providing products for babies and their parents. Welcome, Kemi. Hi. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. It's snowing here, but you know, I'm nice and cozy indoors. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about yourself and your background. Well, um, as you said, my name is Kemi Akimumi. I am the founder of Professional Auntie. Um, I am an experienced midwife, been a midwife now for coming up to more than eight years. Um, a health visitor by background as well for about five years now. I am a mother of one. Um, and I decided to found the actual Professional Auntie during the time when I had my son, when I was about a year old. Um, and that passion to actually start my own business and came around the time from my own experience within the professional field and then becoming a mother I was able to be on the receiving end of what services look like you know and what the gaps I saw as the actual mother in the business and I thought helping a lot of people around me that were pregnant and as well I thought this is something I really want to get into and I really want to put people better um NHS we do our best um but there's more that I thought needs to be done in terms of services and support on the one-to-one and flexibility part of things. Mm. So what services do you provide? So currently I have um, services of bespoke postpartum visits. I also am now a first aid trainer. So I train parents in first aid, a very important life skill that I think all parents should have. Also do antenatal birth preparation classes on a one-to-one. And I'm also got, um, I also launched an online parenting education course, which is coming very soon. Okay, so do you provide the services by yourself or do you work with other people? Currently, I am the um, only person in the business at the moment. We hope to expand later to have a team as bigger, but it is only me at the moment that having that service. Obviously, I have other people that I link in with and collaborate with if I feel like the certain service clients me, but I offer the service to all my clients currently at the moment. Okay, how did you come up with the name? Uh, I was intrigued by the name, <laughs> Professional Auntie. <laughs> everyone asked uh, well so when I was really thinking about starting a business um at first I never really thought about it, it was going to be definitely going to be in my own field that I'm in right now but um I prayed about it and I just got given this vision for this business and one of the things that kept coming to me was like you know you have that auntie that always comes around gives you all those unsolicited advice you have a baby like do this do that no that's wrong hold baby like this and you know but I obviously see myself as someone that, yes, I give advice and support to people, but in a professional way where I respect their boundaries and I'm very aware of, you know, the timing when you say things to people. So that professional boundaries, that professional support in terms of knowledge that I have and experience, but that warmth in terms of like a family member, that warmth in terms of like a friend, like a like, um, caring nature is where I put the auntie in there. So I felt like the two professional aunties came really well together in terms of, what I'm trying to signify in terms of my services. 
I think we call we can all relate to having an aunt <laughs> that that the yeah. whole family sort of the matriarch of the family that everyone runs to. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to be the auntie that you think about, like oh, you ask for help, but in a professional way. Not the one you be like, don't come over. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned earlier that the the gaps that you had seen uh, in the services um, at work. What examples can you give? Examples of some of the gaps that you've noticed. For me, um, and a lot of um, women that I've supported and fathers as well that supported, I think it was definitely more about the one-to-one and continuity of care, um, seeing the familiar face regularly all the time. You know, I feel like having that continuity and familiar face with somebody really just changed the, how you receive that care and, and your openness to speak about things you're going through. Um, even as a professional, being able to identify issues in that person because you get to know them more better as well. So that familiarity does really change dynamics of support when you receive it um flexibility and um, we all are living in such not even just now before now but I mean like flexibility in our working lives you know even if we want evening people work such different patterns you know sometimes it's so restraint into they're offering this on this day they're offering that on that time not doing weekends you know and in the way we all work I want that ability that I can do evenings I can do weekends you know time having that suitable service in terms of how I give it itself um definitely that and I felt like how long and how often people get the support for you know when they have we have time frames of how long we see somebody for but if you need extra support I can give it to you as much as you need it and mm. that's what I felt like sometimes you see uh, the time constraints in having an appointment with your midwife can be like 15 minutes and sometimes you need longer but there's someone waiting outside the door so you feel like okay I'll wait till next week next week you've forgotten about the issue you've asked the auntie <laughs> you ask a friend you know and great they can have advice but sometimes that advice wasn't exactly the professional or the right advice and it might be just their experiences mm-hmm. alone and you know I think for me it's definitely the flexibility the continuity of care and just also the availability mm, it sounds very much personalized um yeah. to and tailored to the individual and how long did you take it from coming up with the concept, having the idea of the business and then executing it? You know, I think it took about four to six months. I took the whim to do actually, it was just our birthday um, on Friday, come up to two years now that I actually registered my business. Um, so I registered it, the business. And when I registered it, I was like okay then what am I gonna do now like I'm finally taking that in <laughs> but I think the first time I had to do a lot of research before I actually did like oxen parents that I had around me about certain things they needed did a lot of like that kind of study itself and that took itself but I did start selling my boxes because I have boxes that products that I did first so my products were one of my first starting points to get myself out there and um, getting people known about what I do in my boxes and that came out within one two months that I started my business I started okay. to get good rapport on that. So you were doing, sounds like you were doing some market research prior. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how did you determine your startup costs uh, and other expenses? The hardest thing for me. <laughs> yeah, that was really hard for me because obviously coming from a place where um, I naturally, one reason why I went into this business because it's something that I did anyway. I had a lot of family, a lot of friends that I naturally was giving advice and support to anyway and supporting them along their journey. You know, people would come ask me. I was always a point of contact for a lot of people. I have a friend that's a midwife and they would ask questions and I would tell, guide them on certain things. So then for me to have that point where like, okay, now it's my business now. 
I'm going to start charging people for something that I think is my passion anyway. And I didn't really, it never felt like a burden to me to help people. You know, it's always something that I felt like, oh, I enjoy doing it. But when you now have to transfer into, okay, this is what you're doing. This is your business now. Charging, finding that right cost was like, oh, I'm not sure. And, you know, even family and friends. So I think I had to think about my value of my time, you know, how important time is. Um, Obviously, I already do, I still work within an NHS as well. So it came across a putting borderline also having other people that I know that were doing the service that I'm offering already in a different way and people that are private midwives um, asking them questions I had a lot of research other people that I know online Instagram quite helpful we just a lot of people that are doing private midwifery ask them how they got into it and what the certain cost is some people quite open some weren't Um, and I based it off that and found something that I was comfortable in charging people and had that kind of startup cost with that itself and thought about my time and how much I felt would be good and I thought was reasonable for parents and what would I pay I most all my services about what would I want what would I think is reasonable and if I felt I couldn't pay or I felt too much I wouldn't charge someone for that so it's based on what would I think is valuable for the money as well Mm, I think we I think most health professionals would be guilty of that wouldn't they Uh, (laughs) charging someone because we go into the profession wanting to help people yeah and how do you advertise your services so currently um, advertise I have a website um professionalauntie.co.uk and I'm also on Instagram as well I keep trying to draw into the Twitter life but it's not really the best for me <laughs> just yet but I'm still doing it. and obviously word of mouth is always my biggest selling point a lot of people that have used my services they um, always tell people about me I have people that you know mothers that have helped fathers that have helped but Instagram is my main um, source of at the moment and my website of marketing currently Okay. Have you had to pivot with some of your services due to the pandemic? Yes. So um, my first aid training um, that I was offering was very popular. Um, As you know, it's very important for parents and that was, but obviously having certain constraints in terms of people going to people's homes, because it's something that I offered like the flexibility of being in their home environment. That's one of my key things, like, you know, not having to come out for it. But obviously, with all the safety measures being in tier five, we're not just going to people's houses. Um, and it's not exactly a necessity at this point in time. Um, so a lot of people have also been a bit reluctant. Obviously, everyone's trying to keep safe. So we're trying to make sure we're only doing things that are necessary at the point in time. So that's had to calm down. And a lot of my services have gone online. So I've had a lot of Zoom talks, Zoom birth preparation, um, and all those things that I've had to give a lot of things over um, the virtual world. Mm. How, has been, how has that been um transferring services to the online platform I think in what we've all had to learn is being adaptable and I feel like I've had to meet my clients in an adaptable way you know even in all the way where we've all had to be adaptable in how we deliver things so maybe follow up telephone calls um use a lot of pictures sending over pictures about their worries as well you know explaining things a bit better it just made me have to be more um learn more better skills and how I communicate and how I make people feel needed, you know, and signposting them to online services that's already available, links to things that I think can be very helpful to them and making sure they know that I'm still here, they speak to me. So. Any struggles though? Have you had any sort of difficulties? Yeah, because face, there's nothing, nothing beats face-to-face and in the pressure that we're doing right now and parenting and children and motherhood, you need, you need someone, you want someone to see you. You need someone to just have that, that warmth, that, okay, yeah, this is okay. And I think that bit is a bit hard, missing that bit when it's, when it's necessary. So, yeah, I think my, most of my postpartum bespokes have taken a little bit of a back step from what we had to. But I think in terms of, like, um, 
antenatal education because of the hospitals that are not currently offering at the moment. I've taken a high um, intake of people that have wanted to have the most birth preparation, birth preparation classes with myself because they're not being offered in hospital. So where one place is, you know, I'm still doing my online ones. I'm still giving a lot of, and I've now launched my online education class as well, which is all encompassing of antenatal birth and postpartum. And I do like the one-to-ones as well. So that's also something that's been able to allow me to see there's a gap, fill mm-hmm. it, you know. And I know a lot of parents that have really struggled in the pandemic, having not, not someone to speak to, seeing their midwives less, doctors less, less appointments. And just what they just need advice, they just need support. So I picked up on that gap that I've seen people having and I've been able to, you know, offer that support and service in that time. So where one place is less, you know, in other worlds, I feel like there's always a room to adjust your services to become better. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier on where, when I asked you about, you know, how you've come up with your startup, startup costs and you say, you, you know, you, sp- you spoke to other business owners that were doing something similar. What do you think sets you apart? What, or what, what do you think sets your business apart from some of your competitors? For me, I definitely feel like how it's my passion and my drive and where I come from. It's not just about the textbook answers, the textbook knowledge. It's come from a, it's my experience as well. My motherhood journey as well. Um, I'm reaching all types of parenting. Um, I'm not only about the, I give practical tips, you know, about also the all encompassing of parenting, not only the birth and state what happens after that, that fourth trimester. I think there's very limited advice about your home with the baby how it impacts on relationships, how it impacts on that single parent, how it impacts on that um, that overwhelmed one that has two, three or four kids and now adjusting this new baby to it. So I try and encompass all of that due to my experiences that I've had with parents that have spoken about their world, my own experience as well. And I put that into practical tips to get through those times and making sure that how if you build your fourth trimester, you're aware of what could be going, get the good support in there. You're ready now to put a better foundation you'll be off to a better start for your parenting and well-equipped for the journey ahead. And these, I think that bit, my transparency in my services, my knowledge, my experience with midwifery, also health visiting up to the age of five, children's um, development up to the age of five, it, I have a good speed of knowledge and that experience as well that really does set me apart from my competitors. Okay, so it sounds like you're not ending at the point where they've given birth. No. You're taking it forward and then you're looking at other social factors that can contribute or, you know, contribute to the well-being of the mom, baby and, you know, partner or husband um, and how they move forward in life. Parenting isn't just stopping at the birth. That's when it begins, really. And I think a lot of times we get so much support up to the point of, okay, how, and, and we all worry. I, I was guilty at, Oh, um, uh, you know, people, a lot of people around me say, oh, the birth, birth. But after that, the birth is the easy part. I thought, you know, before I actually had a child, I was like, it's the birth is what you worry about then. It's after. <laughs> it's the after, you know, this newborn, the demands, how you actually deal with it. No one can prepare you or understand for the emotional journey you'll go on, you know, for that responsibility you're going to be on. And that's the bit I, I want to prepare parents for. I don't want that shock factor for parents to have, you know, how it impacts on you, your relationships, your friendships, your, you know, the demands, your own mental health. That's the aspect that I really prepare parents for after as well. Mm, okay. And how do you manage your time then between work? Are you working still as a midwife in the NHS? I still work as a midwife in the NHS, but I do um, what I call locum kind of shifts. So I, um, I do ad hoc, so what I book onto when I want to do them now more, but I still do quite regular because um, I, I love it still. <laughs> I still love the birthing, so I still want to do get my hands into giving, uh, helping with supporting them 
labouring um, and I'm also um, a health visitor so I do that more um, on a full-time I'm part-time but four days a week I do that. So how do you so, manage your time then between um, your you know day-to-day day job and your uh, business? It's a lot. Family as well. Family life it's, it's a lot I can't tell you it's not a lot because but that's why I'm at a point where I'm having to think about you know I think we you know we spoke about having that time we think at one point, where, where's your passion going to really lie with? What do you want to do? And at some point, I really do want professionality to be my only source of business, like my business to be only what I'm doing. And that's and I've made it enough to a place where I'm. that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm working towards with being a household name itself. Um, how I manage my time now is prioritising top priorities for me. Um, I have days where I commit to that I'm going to put effort into my business. So if it's one day, two days, three days a week, a couple of hours in, the day, in my day where I put into my business, um, making sure that I stay relevant and consistent on my um, advertising, making people know what I'm, I'm doing. Um, I have to stick to that. I have a plan. I'm very structured in time. My notes, if you see my notes on my phone, you'll be like, this girl's crazy. <laughs> but it keeps, I get ideas on the go. I get ideas every minute. Um, and I keep my clients that I have at the time very aware of my schedule very aware of my capacity of what I can and cannot be doing. So I, my availability is known for that. So that's how I've learned to. And even with family time, I have to really prioritise my time with my son. And I work a lot in the, in the nights. In the night is my hour to really get things done. Mm, sounds like you've created some habits there just to make yourself, keep yourself focused. You have to. If, it's your, if your passion is your passion, you have to make sure you get it going. But it does get hard sometimes. You do get overwhelmed. Yeah. There is times when I do feel like, oh my goodness, I'm being pulled in so many areas. Um, but it's just about reevaluating what what's prior to that point in time mm. and knowing when, when to give less <laughs> in different areas. So if you're reflecting reflecting on your journey so far from the time of launching up until today, what essential lessons have you learned along the way that have impacted on you personally? I've learned so much on this journey already. Um, what has impacted me a lot so far is knowing that how be consistent, show up, just start. Because for me, I remember when I first started, I was like trying to wait for the perfect post, my box to be completely ready so I can post it amazingly. I will have all my services ready and done. And one of my friends just said to me, just no, don't do that. Just, just start posting. Just let people know you're here. Just do that. Get your name out. And I was like, no. And sometimes it's good to be, you want to be perfect, but sometimes you just need to start because you will always have room to grow. And I've, had, I've grown so much. Um, I, I didn't have a vision for all these things that I'm doing now. And if I waited to have all these ideas in one time, I wouldn't have started at all. I'll still be waiting for the perfect time. Allow my allow yourself to always develop. Even my, I retain my logo halfway. It's, it's okay if you, you do that, you know. There's certain things in yourself as you get on, um, get more experience, you talk to other people, you meet new people, you want to develop yourself. And that's allowed. Um, having people around you that, will support you and that you are in that will encourage you you know and have the same similar goals to yourself is also very important um yeah I feel like for me it's just being consistent and remembering my why when I do I feel like oh it's getting so tired you know the days when I've got a lot on it goes back to remembering my why you know why have I started this what's my passion who have I helped and even feedback the feedback from all the people that I have supported always helps me to be like okay you're on the right track keep going this is what you're supposed to be doing were there moments where you felt like um, you weren't able to proceed with the business or you were ready to just shut the business 
and continue with your you know day-to-day job as a midwife yeah there's been times especially during the lockdown it was very hard to like still stay relevant because I had like you said when you're still working you've got a family um you yourself it is tired you know do 24 I'm doing so many things I just did I did get points where I was like an, a block like oh, I don't know how much I can give to other people when I wasn't myself I felt quite hard and but then I had to take on my own advice <laughs> the advice you give others you take your own advice you know and I'm like okay time to counsel yourself Kemi <laughs> time to be the own professional auntie you know and these are the things like you know I told my own clients that how it's very important to have your self-care, have your turn-off point, know your limits, you know, and that thing I started to have to practice what I preach. And and like I said, I had to go back to the foot and how if you gave up today, you'll you'll be you have to go from the back from the beginning. And I've done so much work to get to where I am now. Why would I want to start again? Because I know this is my passion. This is I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And for me, because I know it's purpose-driven, I know this vision is God ordained to me. I'm a I'm a woman of faith, and I didn't just start this without um the confirmation and I had my confirmation about this business and for me that's why I can't stop I, I'm I have been confirmed that's what God wants me to do so that's why I keep pushing I'm like okay even you gave me this vision of God so help me <laughs> even if I'm a little bit more quiet sometimes but I just know that I go back to my why why mm. we started you know what is the purpose of what you're doing and that keeps me going Oh, absolutely. I think uh, it's imperative that we as health professionals are mindful of compassion fatigue that can often come about by supporting others. So I think we need to be intentional about looking after our physical, emotional and mental well-being. 100%. I think it's something that how the health profession has made us not accustomed to. <laughs> and that's why you actually have to take ownership for yourself because at work, you, sometimes you can do 12 hours, you still get a break. It's crazy. So, you know, you get used to the fact that I'll just keep burning. But burnout is not smart. I burnout doesn't make you have your own responsibility not to burn out. It's like a you prioritize yourself. And, like I said, you can't keep helping others and not help yourself. So, like I said, I have to go back to the fact that I'm very a self, I'm a self advocate myself. And I've tried to make sure that I'm very conscious of making sure before I get to the point of burning out. I'm looking at what's what's causing this, Kenny. Reflect now, come back to it, you know. Mm. Try and make sure you are aware of yourself because I feel like you can't keep telling everyone else what to do and not practice what you're preaching yourself. I agree. Definitely agree with that. Well, who has been your greatest inspiration? You know what? I always get asked this question and I always say to people that how it's so hard to pinpoint someone else, but I would, I always say my inspiration to actually do this has been my own journey, you know, like to read all people that have been around me the mothers that I've had around me, fathers that I've had around me that I've had to support. And obviously being having my son itself inspired me to actually be like, no, I need to help others. So for me, my inspiration has come from my own motherhood experience. You know, the the journey itself. Yes, I had I was a midwife. Yes, a lot of people expected me to be like, you know, everything, you're gonna be you're gonna be exactly the best for your your baby. But no one put my course did not prepare me for the emotional journey I was going to go on, you know, it didn't prepare me for, you know, the responsibility that I was going to feel like, oh my God, this child's life is in my hands. I can't mess it up, you know. <laughs> yeah, I still second guess myself. I still had to go through all the missions that you can. Yes, I think some of the skills I already knew, you know, great, you know, some things like I was more confident holding a baby, those kind of things, you, you have a bit of that. But the mental, the things that you thought practically, I had to go through that day as well. So I think for me, in having that journey, I wouldn't have thought, and I met a lot of other mothers and fathers during that time, and I was able to really have, share a lot of discussions with people and see a lot of things that where I felt like we could do much better and more parents could be way more better supported. And that's where I felt, yes, I can do this. I need to, I can support people. And I, I felt like I've always been doing it. So why not 
make it bigger. It's mm, good to hear. And what's your vision for the business? Household name. I tell everybody, until professional aunties, a household name like we hear Harold's, you're like, oh yeah, McDonald's, yeah. Oh, professional auntie, I know them. You know, yeah. When you think about support, when you think about your parent, you want a professional auntie. That's what I want. I want a team of people that whenever you think about parenting, you think about professional auntie. They support us. If you want to have a child, I want professional auntie to be my support. That's that's exactly what I think about being a household name, a name with reputation of great things. Um, yeah, I really see that being something that a vision for myself and my mm. company, really. That's great to hear. And um, what do you do to unwind and relax? How do you treat I, yourself? I uh, I always love, in terms of, it sounds funny, but I like jogging. That always de-stresses me first. But my unwinding time is always like watching a chilling movie and good food. I'm a dessert lover, so... <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything cake <laughs> bring it my way <laughs> cake anytime <laughs> so where can people connect with you if they wanted to find out more about what you do okay i'm very approachable on instagram you can slide into my direct messages you can send me an email and um, you can connect with me on instagram i post there quite a lot that's where i would say would be a best place with twitter not yet maybe this year <laughs> i'll get better at it um I'll definitely forget about you with email me okay and then you can give me a call as well I'll put the contact details at the end of the show notes but you can follow me at professional auntie on Instagram as well yeah okay all right okay well thank you so much Kemi um thank you so much for sharing your time with thank us you. I really appreciate your time and appreciate you you know coming to speak to us um thank and take care of yourself okay you too please. thank you so much thank you <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate it and review it on iTunes as this can help others find it. If you'd like updates on the podcast, you can follow the pages on Instagram or Facebook by searching for Well Restorer. If you have any questions or would like to give some feedback, you can send an email to info at wellrestorer.co.uk. Thanks once again. Take care.